<laughs> Welcome. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. How are you? How was your day today? Um. Well, it was uneventful. Uneventful. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the day, that was just kind of like a opening. Hey, how you doing? But before we can officially kick off episode three of Sober Letters and Conversations, we need to. You do know that I found, I Googled um, this Zoom Pod Track P4, right? And I found out, remember I told you, I lied to you. This thing has more than four sounds. It has a lot more. And we're going to debut some of those sounds today. Okay. One in particular that whenever I heard it, I was like, man, that, that, that reminds me of my wife. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Like just, I mean, when I heard it, I was like. Genie? Let me hear it. Stop it right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like every time you pick up your phone and I know that you click on that Amazon. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. So that's one of the newer sounds. And we'll get into the other ones later, you know. So, but uh, uh, welcome to Sober Letters and Conversations. My name's Boomer. And I'm Genie. And, uh, you know, this is going to be <clears throat> an episode where we kind of talk about um, your new job mm-hmm. um, and some other things that are going on right now. Uh, specifically, like, do you know who Jimbo Fisher is? No. Jimbo Fisher was the coach for the Texas A&M Aggies. Okay. Well, he got fired Sunday. Why get fired? He got fired because he wasn't doing his job. But do you know how much they're going to pay him not to work? Hmm. $77 million. What? Watch this. They've broken it down on social media. I'm going to show you something real fast. We'll tell you something real quick. Do you know how much he's going to make per day over the next eight years to not coach Texas A&M? How much? $26,301. $26,000 a day. A day to not do his job. Can you believe that? That's amazing. I want to not do my job. Well, I mean, it's, that's, a, that's a big conversation there. Everybody's talking about it. $26,000 to not do your job per day for eight years. Why would anybody do that? Like, <clears throat> why would you pay him that much money to not? Why wouldn't you just let him do his job? Well, he wasn't doing his job. Uh, Texas A&M had uh, one of the largest and best recruiting classes Is last he under year. contract? He was under contract. What are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? There's a freaking gnat in here. Dude, people are going to think our house is nasty. It's not. But there's a gnat bothering me. It's like when it opened my mouth. It's like, oh, I hear Jeannie. Let's go bug her. Speaking of, I'm glad that we are recording this today. Not just on audio. But on the video. Oh. And you just did it again. I did. See, look, here's here's where I start. What do you say all the time? I worry. What? Too much. Too much. So right now, we just put out there that we have gnats again. So people are going to be like, we're not going to go to their house. Because, did you hear that? Yeah, you never hear anything around here. What was that? What was that? Did we actually hear a neighbor? Talking. Oh my god! They're probably like, "What's going on over there?" Um, so, <clears throat> again, 
gnats. We don't have a nasty house. But I don't have plants that have gnats in them. So, maybe there's just one or two residual from me putting my plants back outside. What are you talking about? There's one, two, three, four right there. And then there's another one in the bedroom. There's not another one in the bedroom. Those are flowers. Flowers and plants are not the same thing. Shout out. To what? People who understand the difference between flowers and plants. Okay, well, there's three right now that I see. Those are denatted. <laughs> I really am glad we are doing this up, baby. Because your face. Mm-hmm. Really, no, I took care of them. There was no gnats on them. That's why I left them inside. Well. Are they arguing? Are they arguing? I don't know. Are they arguing? I don't know. We can't go look because we're on a podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, next door. I think she's just talking loud. Stop. We got people who are listening to us well, and we're listening to them. But what about they're listening to us? It's like a whole circle of listening. Stop. Okay. Anyway, carry on. She's just loud. We're listening to her. She, they're listening to us. She's listening to us. There's nobody just, out there. Okay. Um. <clears throat> where was I? I don't know. Nats. Oh. We have them and you're denying it still. So, ladies and gentlemen, we do not live in a nasty house. We clean up all the time. Uh, regardless of the evidence that is before. And it just takes us 20 minutes to clean our house. 20 minutes. So, um, <clears throat> people are going to think we're nasty. No, they're not. I really want to hit the delete button right now. No, Don't hit the delete button. Number one, why are you yelling? Because obviously the floors and the walls are really, really thin. So now everybody's going to think that you're yelling at me <laughs> while she's yelling at somebody else. Because I don't want you to hit the delete button. Well, here's it. Here's it. Do we want to let them know how many times we actually start and stop this? How many times have we stopped and started this? Once today already. Yeah, because you couldn't get it right. (gasps) Where's my button? I don't get a sound button? No. At all. Hmm. Because here, we can't, we can't, we can't. We're not that educated enough to. Do editing and those things like that. So, so we have to get it right. This is all talk, no takes. That's just the way it is. Ooh, why did you just copy what I just did with my mouth? What are you talking about? When I went ooh, your mouth puckered up and went ooh with me. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, it was cute. Wow. Okay. Okay. So. This is going to just get into this because, number one, we've already made everybody think we're dirty with gnats, which is your fault. Um, how is your new job? Hmm. Uneventful. So we are, apparently, when you go to do a startup, it comes in phases. And I think we are on, we are on the last phase before you actually open the doors. To where you have to get staff in place. I feel like you're not paying attention to me because you just took your earbuds off. What? Because I'm trying to hear how loud you are. Stop it, right? You're like like yelling. I am talking like we normally talk. It's only loud because it's in your earphones. Oh, no. That's why I took their headphones off to see how loud it was. You're loud, lady. 
What are we going to do? There's a net. <laughs> You'll have to go to the YouTube channel and watch what's going on. <laughs> anyway, so you've got to be... Are you listening? Yes. Because I'm talking to you. Okay. So in the, in the last phase, that's when you have to get staff in place. That's when you have to make sure all the toilets flush and the water's hot and the heat comes on. And some of those things are adding up right now. So I think he's gotten all the staff in place to where if we brought in a client this week, we would have 24-hour staff going. So that's not an issue. But I do know that when you flush the toilet in some of the toilets, it's just not working. However, I do remember working at a unit over on Avenue A for about a year. We're not going to name the name. But every time it rained, the plumbing wasn't working very well. Mm-hmm. So I think the same thing's happening over here because we are very close. Um, but, and some of the heaters aren't working. Um, so there's just little things like that. Got to plug up some computers, put put the phones, set up the phones. You know, just these these things and everything else will fall into place once it's open and once we got everything going on. So. Is it cosmetic issues? Is it basically what you're saying? Um, well, well, yeah. Um, a plumbing is not really a cosmetic issue though. Well, you said plugging up phones and all that other oh. stuff. Well, you're going to have to have phones. Mm-hmm. I mean, as soon as we start taking patients in, the website goes live, the phone goes live, the intake line goes live. So once you're live, it's all she wrote. You're up and rolling. So you better have all of your ducks in a row. We make, we need to make sure that check's live too. I know. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say about that. What do you mean by that? I mean, if it, I mean, we, everybody else that's there is getting paid, so I should be getting paid, right? I'm just making sure. Okay. Just making sure. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was, well, let me say this. What has been the most surprising thing about your new job? Surprising thing? Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're fishing for something. I don't know what you're fishing for. I am. I am. I am. Um, I recall a conversation that you had. Oh, you know what? There's another gnat. I think it's just the same gnat. I don't think it's another gnat. I think it's just the same one. I know what you're talking about. Do you know, like the third... Why are you looking at me like that? This this gnat thing. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) I don't know what you want me to do. Maybe it has a... Get rid of the flowers or the the plants. That's it. No, we're not not doing that. So listen. Are Are you really choosing your plants over your husband right now? Are you really... Are you really saying that right now? You know that those plants make me happy. You know that I've been growing them since tiny little babies. And look at them. They're doing so well. They love me. They're in the window. They're growing. So that makes me think that my hobby's really working this time. And you want me to put them outside so they can die? Yes. (gasps) Okay. I'll do that. Thank you. Thank you. Problem solved. And if there is one gnat in here after I put them outside, bring them all in. All of them. Okay. All 1,600. They're coming inside. <laughs> All right. So, what was the big surprise at your job this past week? Well, last week. Remember, remember, identities are to be withheld. This is like a recovery meeting. You can't say the name. Okay. So, a man came into the facility, mm-hmm. and my boss... 
said, why don't you tell him who you are? And I did. I introduced myself. And he said, do you know who this man is? And I said, no, sir. He said, he sits on the board of beep. He sits on the board of directors for the job you used to previously work at. Yes. And then this man can, went on to say, how come you're not there no more? Well, and that's, that's where he stopped because he didn't want to hear anything, almost like he hears a lot. Mm-hmm. So uh, we weren't going to get into politics, mm-hmm. but it was kind of said like, how, why have I not met you mm-hmm. while you were working for such and such place? And I kind of had to say, I'm, we weren't privy to m- board members and board meetings. Mm-hmm. And you know what he did? What? He invited me to the next board meeting. <laughs> He invited you to the next board meeting at the place that you used to work. Yes. <laughs> the irony. Well, there was a, there was a one song by a, a woman named Alanis Morissette. Mm-hmm. And she said, isn't it ironic? Don't you think? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Um, so are you going to take him up on that offer? No way. Why would you not? Man. You know how my flesh wants to be vindictive, mm-hmm. um, but I'm a changed person, and I keep hearing things um, about my job that just break my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I don't. I don't want anything to do with that place anymore. Hmm. Because we have been hearing a lot of things coming out of that place. Yeah. Um, so. And they, they're even, from what we've heard, they're getting rid of the boutique that you started up? Yes, they are. Um, something that I had a vision for. Mm-hmm. Um, it never, it, sometimes it's, um, now, sometimes it would be shoppable and sometimes it would be a wreck just because of the amount of donations we would have come in mm-hmm. and the people that we had had working for it. So the the boutique not only gave the women clothes, shoes, jewelry, things like that when they came in and had nothing, mm-hmm. um, but it also if they needed an interview and they would trade um, outfits out to go to church, and it also gave the girls who were there um, 30 days and could not leave the facility, gave them a job to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are, uh, and I had so much community support, um, so many people donating and they're closing it down. Uh, how'd that make you feel? It broke my heart. Why? Um, because now I worry about, I know how many girls come in there and have nothing. They come in with the clothes. When you leave prison, they outfit you with clothes that have been left. Oh, I know. Yeah. So yeah. you'd never know what you're going to wear, mm-hmm. um, whose shoes you're going to Well, you're going to have your shoes on, which are a pair of what? Chuck Taylors that are, well, they're not really Chuck Taylors. You just call them Chuck Taylors. No. Jackie. Jackie Chance. Jackie Chance. Yeah. Um, and they're just like. Is that the right like, thing for me to say? Is that, is that politically correct? Is that politically correct? I shouldn't say it like that. They're just like some slide-on shoes. Well, it's what you called them. Yeah. It's fine with what you call them. I don't think anything's wrong with that. Yeah. Um, but they're like, they look kind of like Vans, uh-huh. just slide-ons, yeah. and just very, very worn. Or you could have some work boots that are just very generic and very, very worn. Mm-hmm. Or you could just have some shower slides. Those Crocs. 
yeah, cro- they're not really Crocs. Everything's generic. Yeah. Um, but that's what they would come in on. <laughs> what? You're telling me this like I don't know. I know. Like everything's generic. I'm not telling you. I I'm telling to, them. Okay. Well, just for for information that people might not know, uh, the Texas prison system sustains itself. It grows its own food. It it uh, makes its own clothes. It makes its own shoes, beds, all that stuff. It's two different companies. It's TDCJ and the company that's owned by the state of Texas is called Texas Correctional Industries. So they buy from themselves. Crazy. I know. It took six months to get a chair made for my dad. Yeah, that was crazy. But anyway, Mm -hmm. that breaks my heart because I know some, like me, come into that place and have no family support. Mm -hmm. Um. So and it and it keeps them there. They can go to Goodwill, mm-hmm. um, and, and and a place called some other place for for clothes, but they need things to shower into that day, um, and then they don't have bus passes to get to the Goodwill or some other place. So the convenience of them just having it right there on site was. Immaculate. It was great. Mm-hmm. But no more. Well, I mean, this kind of just would, would give you more um, more desire to one day possibly open up your own treatment center. Mm-hmm. Correct? Yes. And that is ultimately your, your goal or our goal mm-hmm. is to do something like that? I'd like to, yeah. What would, what, what, why do you think that we would be successful in that? Well, just because of what you've said before. You and I collectively have been through so many uh, different different ones um, that we know what works. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we know what to do, what not to do. Um, like coming in on on the back end of the startup, seeing the schedule how it was. There's definitely some changes. Mm-hmm. Knowing that it's going to be co-ed, I know in my heart what avenues we need to take, um, and what corners we need to look around. In order for that to be safe, you know, like like looking ahead to see what what would be a problem and what would be yes not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what would be the biggest thing that you would do if you had your own treatment center today? What would set it apart from anything else? For one, the a boutique like a, a store. Um, I know, like. The Dream Center has a, a resale store, but I want one right there on the treatment center. Shout out Dream Center. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want one right on property. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I want detox, um, medical detox. I want access to all resources, mm-hmm. uh, psychiatrist and um, all kinds of therapy. I just, I, I want a little bit of everything. And I think... So I've been through the state system, I've been through the prison system, and now I'm fixing to understand what this other coin looks like as far as this is a treatment center that's insurance, Medicaid, Mm -hmm. Medicare, private insurance, and veterans. Mm -hmm. I think this last piece of the puzzle is what God wants me to see, and it's a a good way for me to learn from the ground up what's going on on this side. Okay. So... What about you? What do you mean, what about me? (laughs) What would you like to have 
that would set it apart from anything else? I think uh, connection, you know, um, a, a better way to connect with the people that are in the house. Uh, How would you do that? <clears throat> well, I, I think that I think that having them understand that they belong there, meaning that um, you will belong as much as you want to belong. Right. Um, we say this plenty of times in recovery uh, at our recovery meetings that unfortunately some people are going somewhere and some people are going back yeah. to something. So not everybody that walks in a treatment center wants treatment. You know, the first, first couple of times that I went into treatment, I was there because I couldn't go home. I didn't have a place to parole to. And this is where this is the only place that I could be. So I would walk in that back door and get my cup and, and my bedding and all those things like that and just stay and just be and would hate the whole process because I didn't want to talk to nobody about what I was going what I was going through I didn't want to talk about recovery because that was nowhere in my line of sight so I think that when they first come in you 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 let them understand that this is a place that can get you to the next phase of your life if you so choose and we're willing to invest in you as much as you want to invest in yourself Okay, so I see I see what you're saying, but work with me here, track with me. You have a, you have a client coming in for the very first time, walking through those doors. Mm-hmm. What is going to set you apart from any other treatment center in the world? What are you going to do? Our ability to connect to that person. How? Like, what is your? Show me how. Is it something you say? Is it something you do? It is. My name's Henry. Everybody calls me Boomer. My first number was one two seven oh five six five. And I tell them, I was at the same door that you're at so many years ago. And I know you're the one of three things. You don't want to be here, you need to be here, or you don't know how to stay here. Let me help you get to where you need to be. And then be and then being blunt too, be like, look. If you don't want to be here, <laughs> there's that door right there. But that door takes you right back to where you, where you just left, prison. That's good. Or the streets or addiction. And the more you go back that way, is the longer it takes for you to get to this way. And then I would ask them, who's over here? And nine times out of ten, it's, it's my daughter or it's my son. It's my wife. It's my mom, you know. And then you just ask them, Why? Do you want to go back when you're needed so much over here? That's good. good. Wow. That was the wrong sound. That was the wrong sound. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, do you remember that... I want to push the delete button now. Don't do it. Because that was that was like a you know that was straight off the dome. We don't rehearse none of this stuff. There's no notes, no script. What did you say? Take all talk, no take. All talk, no take. But I'm just saying though, I just hit the wrong button. I should have hit this one. We're not hitting delete. Okay, you gotta stop touching buttons, man. Just quit. All right. Do you remember when we first got together and we st- we started dreaming of a treatment center? Do you remember 
how we talked about it, like when you first walk in, what's the first thing that people would see? Do you remember that? A wall of crosses. No, it was something on the floor. 37. But it was a star. Yeah. There was a star on the floor and they would see. Was it 37? Yeah. I just remember the star. Yeah. Because they're Dallas Cowboys. But do you also know that that building on 11th Street, when I, yes, I jumped over the fence to go look at this building. <laughs> Did. You jumped over a fence? Well, I opened the fence. Like, it was, like, you're not supposed to walk in there. I just kind of, uh-huh. I don't think it's called trespassing, maybe. That's probably, it is called trespassing. <laughs> I, I kind of did that. <laughs> okay, so, but I walked up. I was more concerned with you saying you jumped a fence. I was like, that's. <laughs> that is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I walked up to that front door and it was like, um, as soon as, as soon as you walk in the door, there was like this huge uh, opening on the floor and I could see a star and. The ceilings were high, and it was very welcoming, even though it's been sitting there for I don't know how long. But it was perfect. Mm-hmm. That place is perfect. Oh, you're talking about the one that's behind the church. Yes. That one that's abandoned. Yes. Yeah, that'd be a pretty big place. Do you know that I looked in the windows, and it um, it's set up like a hospital room. Like, every room has its own bathroom mm-hmm. inside of it. It's great. It's perfect. That'd be awesome. So, um, let me ask you this. We're at 25 minutes right now. And you said that that, uh, meter should be about 30 minutes, but I think we're going to be a little bit longer today Okay. because, uh, I want to talk about, um, not Jeannie, the program director or counselor. I want to talk about Jeannie, um, Jeannie of 20 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe Jeannie at, 18 years old. Let's let's stick with Jeannie at 18. Who was Jeannie at 18? Hmm. Um, I was... Uh, I'm trying to remember. I was using cocaine, probably methamphetamines for the first time, on accident. How you do a drug on accident? <laughs> <laughs> You know, they line it out for you and you think you're using Coke and, and you're like, wait, that's different. Oh, yeah, that's meth. You uh-huh. know, um, that's well, how people that do drugs are probably not not trustworthy. I mean, it was in the back of a car. I don't it was it was a whole thing. I don't really remember. Um, Just sounded real weird because it to me, that'd be like, hey, man, I was going to the store for a Coke and I ended up with crack <laughs> on accident. Well, I mean, I mean, that could happen. Just it's the same thing, really. Maybe I shouldn't have said Coke. Maybe I should have said Sprite. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to do this right here? Are you going to? You know this on video. Can you breathe? I can't stop. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Get your breath. Get your breath. We're recording. Okay, I'm sorry. I forgot. Oh, God. Okay, I'm good. Okay. Okay, so Jeannie at 18. 
I wasn't in high school mm-hmm. because I had already quit six months before I was supposed to graduate. Plano East? No. Um, I, you know, my dream my whole life was to go to Plano West. I was a wildcat. Um, but I had gone to treatment at age 15. And when I got out of treatment, my mom and dad had everything packed to go to Gainesville. They thought that moving me from all of that would help. And um, so, no, I was I was going to Gainesville High School. So I went from being a wildcat to being a leopard. Hello. <laughs> um, so I was just doing the most at that sure. age. And, and what else? What else? Who were you losing at 18? That was uh, 19. Jeannie at 19. Jeannie at 19. What? Are we talking about Lindy? Jeannie at 19 was losing Lindy. Yeah. How'd that happen? Um, a mixture of the wrong people and a glass pipe. Yeah. I'm sad. And what do you remember about that? Hmm. Well, that was the beginning of the end. Um, I, that's when I had started smoking meth heavily, and I was the most horrible mother in the whole wide world. Um, my addiction was priority over her. And I always had a lot of the wrong people in that house that I was living in. And um, I was seeing a man that would later teach me how to manufacture Mm -hmm. methamphetamine and teach me how to sell. Um, I didn't lose her until I was 25. She was six when I lost her. Mm -hmm. But 19 was the beginning of that. And then... There was who? My boy. What's his name? Andy. What happened there? I lost him when he was three, but I had him when I was 21. And he was definitely a a mama's boy for that three years. He loves his daddy too, but... He was, um, <clears throat> he was always with me. Um, and I think that when I lost them both, um, I got the connection back with her, but I never got it back with him. How does that make you feel? Hmm. It makes me, um, it makes me sad. I wish that we would have gotten that back. Um, he was just living a different life that I I had the chance to um, take it to court. Um, I had a lawyer. And I had, when I got clean, um, and at this, by the time I had a lawyer, she was, um, maybe she was nine. So he'd have been six. Um, but I didn't want to mess up his life because he was in a place that 
was beautiful for him. Mm-hmm. He lived with his dad's parents and he had four wheelers and a truck and his his dirt bike and um he was just a country boy mm-hmm. and that's where he was happy. So I was never going to break that. So fast forward to Jeannie. I wasn't <laughs> going to say your age. So fast forward to Jeannie today. What's your relationship like now with Lindy? It's beautiful. I love it. I can count on her. She can count on me. Um, Hasn't always been that way, but... No, definitely not. We went through a lot. We it, It's definitely been a, a growing period where she still had to learn that she can count on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've had to show her over and over and over and over again that she can count on me. Um, but him, we text briefly every now and then. Um, he has a son now and a beautiful, beautiful girl. Mm-hmm. girlfriend and he's a beautiful life he's has an amazing job and he's bought his first home and um and he's starting to have a relationship with my parents because they live in the same place mm-hmm. um but i just don't have that that mom son thing yet yet yeah and i don't know if i will well, there's always there's always you know well, okay, so we pray and hope, you know, which is crazy because, I mean, that's kind of what the midday episode was about, you know, trying to work and get ourselves ready for those types of relationships and questions whenever they do come about. Yeah. You know, and the reason why I brought up Jeannie 18, 19, and all the things that Jeannie's been going through, right, has went through, is because today, the reason why you're upset with the boutique, you know, the reason why you're uh, upset about some of the things that you've been hearing, you know, from people on the street as far as the the old place that you were at is because not only did you invest your degree that you got, right? Not only did you invest your time and energy, you know, which most people do in their job, but you also put in so much of yourself, your heart and your story into that place. Because there was never no woman that could sit across from your desk and say, you don't know what I'm going through. There was never a woman that sat across your desk and you didn't give them the time that they deserved to understand that they deserved more. And that's why it hurts you today to hear the things that are going on now. Because it wasn't just a job for you. It was a God-placed position for you to use everything that you'd ever been through to show women that they don't have to go to the extent that you did. Right? Yeah. So you're my wife, but I'm also your biggest fan. And the reason why I kind of wanted to expound on your job and the things that you've been through is because um, I wanted people to understand that you weren't walking out bitter because you didn't get a goodbye, right? 
you did express that it would have been nice for a goodbye, right? Yeah. It would have been nice for, hey, thank you for everything. Anything. (laughs) Thank you for for everything that you did. But even more so than that, it was, I'm scared to leave them behind because I don't know if they're going to get what I always gave them. So, before we close, I want you to close your eyes and if you had the opportunity to speak to one more girl one more woman at the Milton Center what would you tell her? Um, Change is good not all change is bad But I just need you to know that when you get up in the morning, you're the person that is the most important right now. You are the person that you need to trust to count on. It's okay to trust you. It's okay to walk with your foot, one foot in front of the other. It's okay to not be okay. But every day you have to try. Every day you have to do better than the day before. And every day, your growth game has to be so good that you introduce yourself to everyone every morning. You have to know what the end game is. You have to know that you can be a good mom, a good friend, a good sister, and someday a good wife. But until you understand what your purpose is, you're giving a counterfeit version to every person that you meet. So you have to sit down and you have to do it for you and no one else. Keep your eyes closed. And what would you tell Jeannie? 19 year old Jeannie. Um, I don't know. There's so many things that I would want to tell her. I'm sorry that she was in so much pain emotionally. I'm sorry she didn't, um, I'm sorry you didn't feel like you fit. But I have to tell you... Now you have to make some decisions for yourself right now and don't look at everybody else. There's a baby girl that's going to need you and a baby boy that's going to need you and you need to get this right because you're fixing to go through so much pain without them. So, Jeannie, put down the pipe, pick up your daughter, and walk out the door, and go to your mom's, and don't leave, no matter what. So, for anybody that's listening out there, for um, it could be male or female. 
the advice she just gave to her her former self her her younger self is the same advice that you could take in your situation the ability to recover calls for you to make a commitment to that first step first step says we admitted we were powerless of our addictions and compulsive behaviors in our lives that become unmanageable and really the first step for me was the hardest step because I had to admit that I could not do it on my own that every plan that I had would fail and had failed but whenever we me and you and whenever other successful people in recovery said that there is a power greater than ourselves that, that can restore us to sanity hmm. You see, Bill W. said a power greater than ourselves. And people found that. There's so many people in recovery through AA and NA that found that. And then we went a step further and said what? That power is Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I thank you for being vulnerable Mm. and answering those questions. God, you have a way of just asking the right questions. (laughs) Dang. I had somebody call me today, and they were like, man, I listened to the first two episodes of the podcast. Bro, you got a radio voice. Yeah, you do. (laughs) It's very sexy. Watch out now. (laughs) Welcome to Movie Phone. No, don't try. Press one for it. Don't try. It's it's better when you don't try. (laughs) (laughs) I finally pushed the right button. That was appropriate. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Jeannie, would you like to press out? Mm. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for um, moments that we can go back and, and think about the things that we've done, but also know where we are now. Father God, I want to I want to pray for all the ones out there that just need to find a way. I pray that tonight, as they go to sleep, that you whisper to them, just only in, in only a way that you can, that they would know that that was you. Father God, I pray. For every single person out there that's still struggling with addiction. And I also pray for everyone that doesn't know who you are. Father God, may we help someone, one person at a time, get to an everlasting life and eternity with you. Sober and saved. Father, thank you for our family, our extended family, our recovery family. Without them, nothing would be possible. And until we meet again, and everyone's listening... Please cover them with your angel wings. In Jesus' name, amen. Right now, I just want to say that this episode was brought to you by Bulldog Striping in Nederland, Texas. Wow! Yeah, that, he didn't tell me to get, do, do that. Oh. So. Love you, brother. <laughs>